let's go for a little ride. I'm your driver, James Williams. Welcome to Life Story Road. Welcome back to Life Story Road Podcast, uh, where we sit and talk to people and listen to their life stories and hopefully laugh at some of them. My sponsors haven't changed. I don't have any. I don't want really want any. Uh, today, I got my grandfather on with me, and we did a pre-interview about a month and a half ago. Uh, I am going to let you know that some of the stories that my dad did tell did check out, so some of them are still up in the air, but we'll figure, we'll figure out more hopefully with this episode. Uh, so without much further ado, uh, my grandpa, Jim Williams. All right, grandpa, how you doing today? Doing fine. Been to the store and got a few things for something to eat tomorrow. All right. Store's kind of crowded today for all the Christmas shoppers. Lines was bad. Yeah, the, um, so we've got the two Walmarts up in Newark, and... Well, one's in Heath, one's in Newark. Yeah. To me, Newark and Heath are always been the same place to me. Just bigger expansion. Of yeah. Newark. So the one I guess in Heath closed down for a few days for COVID concerns. Yeah. So I guess all those folks were filtering over to the Walmart uh, in Newark. So it was a it was a little bit rough last night for me to go in to pick up two items. Yeah, but, I only got about four items, but the, just the crowd was there for no reason I can see. Some people just had one thing in their hands, but it's, there was a crowd of people. With lots of stuff in there today. Yeah, I had planned on getting a few more items in the items that I got, but I saw the lines, I saw the cars <laughs> in the parking lot, I said, I'm good. Let's just get these two because they're the most important and leave. <laughs> that's all you needed. What you need, get what you need, that's it for right now. Yeah. Come yeah. back a later day. All right, well, I want to start with some of these questions. Okay. Um, I don't know much about your, I don't, really, I don't know anything about your parents. Uh, what were their names? My mother was a Dalton okay. before she was married, and my dad was Chester Williams. It, he's, 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 as far as I know, I don't know a whole lot about my dad's people. Okay. Because they died when he was young. So, okay. You know, I never okay. knew any of them. So what did your parents do for a living? My mother was just a housewife. My dad worked foundry work. That's like smolting metal? and. Yeah, he worked in the burning boilers for years, as okay. long as I can remember. He worked, he worked other places, too, but he worked burning boilers for years, and then... He had to retire from there because they made him retire because he got uh, silicosis. And he had to retire with on a disability on silicosis. So is that like a form of cancer or something? Well, it's it's a lung disease. What it is? It's kind of like a, yeah. since it since it's a boiler place. Do you? Well, they got it off of silicate sand. So they call it silicosis. 
Yeah. That's where he got it off. But a lot of people had to retire from there. Yeah, it's like... Uh, suck so much of it in. People that do, like, dust removal, like concrete work, the guys that operate the saws, yeah. silica, like that little pack that you get in your beef jerky or your shoe box, yeah. it's supposed to absorb... The moisture, and that's what it is. It's it's the silica, yeah. silica dust. So just like it's like a black lung disease, really. Okay, it's about the same thing. Okay, so I guess you can get black lung outside of a coal mine. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's similar, similar to the same thing as what it is. Okay. Um, are you were telling me about uh, about getting water for the first time uh, to the house? Uh, the city finally ran water pipes to the house, and that was down near. Or Zane Street, not Zane Street, uh, behind Brighton? Yeah, it was off, off of State Street. Our, oh. We had a hydrant in the yard, but we never had any water in the house. Okay, okay. Yeah. We finally, well, we moved from that house, and we finally had did have water, running water in the house, but not a lot. We only had one spigot. And there on our back porch, there was a well, a driven well on our back porch. Our pump was on the back porch. Okay. We had to pump of water. Okay. And we we never had no wandering water in the house. We never had a bathroom in the house. We had outhouses. Yeah. yeah. That was my biggest concern about outhouses. I'm I don't like snakes. So <laughs> my concern would always be to sit down on the toilet and one be in there cuz it's warm. <laughs> you can't see them so they're far down. They're you know they're not going to bite you. <laughs> well, I I didn't know how necessarily how big those deep those holes are either. So They're pretty good sized holes. Okay. They're pretty deep. Most of them is pretty deep. Okay. It's like the like the campground down the road here, I've always been curious to actually how deep those holes actually are. I mean, you can shine a flashlight and you can see a bottom, but yeah. how deep yep. is it from that b- pile of crap that's yeah that, that you see? Yeah, they're 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 kind of deep. Okay, they got they got, I think they got portalettes down there now, don't they? I have no idea. I don't pay attention much because since Dad's living down there, yeah. I really don't go past that driveway anymore. Right. Yeah, that's what about me. I don't go past here usually. Yeah. yeah. Well. And that's uh, one other thing, you guys. Uh, it's one way in and one way out, so <laughs> that's that's kind of a downfall. You yeah. can't escape. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to swim across the river. Yeah, or try and work your way through the sand pit and get out there on friendly hills, and hopefully the gates unlock for you. You can't drive through there anywhere. <laughs> Big holes down through there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how many children were in your family, and where ten. did you fall in? Ten. I was number nine of ten kids. Okay. So was it was Uncle George the baby then? Uncle George is the baby. Is the baby. Born in 1940. Four years younger than me. So that puts you at 1936, and you were born, so you're 87? Five. 85. Didn't mean, make me older what I, I didn't am. mean to give you two more years. <laughs> 85. Um, did you guys, uh, since you were a low... Well, I think pretty much everybody back in those days was a low-income family. What did you do to survive for food and, and stuff like that? We had a big garden. We always had a big garden. Okay. We never was, never was hungry as far as I know. Okay. We, all, you know, we always had three meals a day. So you ended up doing like chickens and uh, rabbits? Well, we raised some chickens at one time, and we had hogs. We raised hogs, and... We always had a big garden. We ate a lot of pork. I love pig. <laughs> and That's we why I'm not Wild Muslim. game, too. <laughs> Brown hogs and squirrels and rabbits. Well, now, do you eat much wild game now? No. 
or did you get tired of it as a kid and just... It's just the idea of going out and hunting for it now, and I don't want to go out and hunt for it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the only hunting I'm trying to do is with my car yeah, I don't, to collect on the insurance money. I haven't been hunting for in, for a long time. I don't even remember the last time you were hunting, so... Yeah. When I first moved out here, we used to hunt. Ed and, Ed and I would go hunting. We'd start out and go down through there, Yeah. all down through that field, and then yeah. work our way back around. Yeah, Dad said some stuff about that, and uh, it's like, yeah, I used to go hunting with him, and I was the dog. You see that rabbit? You go get it. <laughs> we had a cat that would follow us half the time. We had a cat that lived here, and he'd follow us out in the field hunting rabbits. Now, what was that cat's name? It's just a cat. Just a cat? Yeah. <laughs> we always there's had cats around here. Always cats and always C dogs. Cats and dogs. And there's probably some spirits you might hear barking in the background on this. Had one rabbit dog, and he wasn't hunting for anybody but me. Okay. Yeah, he wouldn't. It was, a, it was a female dog. She wouldn't hunt. So, so I want you that dog. That dog won't hunt for you. Yes, he will. <laughs> so, no, he won't. We go hunting. He call that dog. The dog wasn't paying attention to him. I'd have to put the dog on the trail. Yeah. yeah. So, that dog ain't no good. I said, it's good for me. What's one or two stories you remember from your childhood? Well, we used to go sleigh riding in the wintertime up on Munson Hill, down that slide down that hill. Was, no cars, was, cars would go up and down, but they never blocked any roads off, and it was always a good hill to slid right on. So is that technically Brighton? Yeah. We call, we call it Munson Hill because Munson School was right there. It's still there. It's yeah. just, it's just, they should tear it down. They're not going to tear it down. They're going to turn it into apartments, I heard not too long ago. That'd be right. That'd be about Someone right. bought it and said it's going to turn into apartments. And you could slide almost to State Street from there. Yeah, it's a, it's a steep hill. Yeah, it was a good ride. I remember when we were kids coming out here, we'd park up at Harold's yeah. and slide down that hill, not thinking about <laughs> it. It's like, now you're an adult. It's like, what the hell were we thinking? <laughs> we used to, cars would go by and we'd hook on the bumpers, hang on the bumpers, slide on our sleigh. <laughs> now, did, did you use any of those cars to go back up the hill? If we could find one going up, yeah. <laughs> but they never blocked the roads off. You know, they, everyone just sled right when they could. Yeah. Well, being from a town like this, people would avoid hills like that yeah. on snowy on snowy days. Once they got slippery, they'd stay off of them. Yeah. I mean, and it's not necessarily a hilly town. You've got its. You got your flat spots. I mean, you go around and come up ridge. The hill is there's a slight hill there, but yeah. not as bad as. As Brighton Munson Hill. You could go on out farther on Ridge and get a good hill. Okay. Out past the glass house. Okay. I'm yeah. not sure exactly where that's at. Um, right on that Ridge Avenue, right past the glass house, and then it starts going up after you get past the glass house. Ridge, uh, they call it Ridge Road. You know, it turns, well, is, is the house still there? No, the road's still there. The glass house, Brockway. Oh, okay. The the plant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's called the glass house. <laughs> okay. Well, the the entrance. Well, the front entrance is off of State Street. It is so, now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, they have the railway. The railway that still dead ends into there. Yeah. That railway used to go right on across West Main. Okay. Yeah. Clear um, past David Davies and Rittberger's. Used to all back. Well, it connected with other all the tracks run through here. Okay, so it would be kind of in line where Polk's is. Uh, the junkyard. Not Poke. Okay. I can't picture where it would be. You know be. where Brockway is. You know yep. where State Street is. Yep. The rail would come right down State Street. Oh. And cross the river okay. by Rittberger. Where Rittberger's is that? Used to be. I don't know where it used to be. 
It's just across the State Street Bridge. Like where Mattingly's is? Be- yeah, it went behind Mattingly's too. Okay. But right, you know where the State Street Bridge is? Yes. Where the railroad bridge was trussled, just down from that, towards town. And went right, right on around, clear to the yard at B&O yard. Right on downtown, wherever you wanted to go. Okay. Across from the church, church wasn't there at the time, there used to be a called a, a roundhouse. That's where they turned the engines around because they all steam at that time. Okay. There wasn't no frontwards and backwards, you know. They okay. turned turn the engines around and get them going back that way. Okay. It was called the roundhouse. The building's still there where the mechanics work, but the roundhouse is gone. Okay. So behind there then, is it just a regular train yard that is operable now, or do they just use it as a pass-through nowadays? I don't think there's... The the train stops at Brockway now. Okay. It doesn't come any farther than Brockway, but it used to come right on down across the river and everything. Okay. There was trussles across West Main and the trussles. You know where uh, UPS is at? Yes. There was a trussle right there. Okay. Because that street used to go from where the church is. It would go around. It was called Augusta Street. It would go from there around the West Main. Okay. Where that little, used to be a filling station there. I don't know what's there now. White little white building. Uh, the drive through There might be a drive through there. I don't know. Well, the one that Uncle Bill used to work at. There. No. Oh, that's next to the bridge. Yeah. Okay. It's on up. On up West Main. Like near the wire past, bridge. Past the, past the muffler shop. That little, there was a little building there past the muffler shop. Okay. That's, that's the... Because the Goodwill used to be behind there. The Goodwill's on down farther. Okay. So the muffler shop. By where... Bates Auto. Yes, it's before Bates. That was before Bates. Okay. This so way. it's between. It's between the beer dock that Uncle Bill used to work at and Bates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's okay. a little building there. Yeah. Little house. Um, I think it's one of Nathan's friends' dads that owns that shop. That yeah, yeah, it shop. is. Yeah. Uh, Big Keith. Yeah. I think it's his dad that. that, owns that now shop. that used to be, the mechanics shop. For David Davies trucks, that's what that used to be okay. when David Davies was there. That's way, way before my time. Yeah, David Davies is where mine exactly. It was a, it was a provision company. They, they butcher, it was a butcher shops, what it was. Okay, so did so I assume Mattingly's bought him out, bought the building. Well, yeah. David Davies left town. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was called provision company. It was called provision company first. Okay. Then they David Davies bought it out. Well, did the same thing. Maybe with the same people. I don't know. But they just butchered. It was a butcher shop that had hogs and okay. sheep and whatever was brought in the butcher. And they'd butcher and sell meat. Just like Rittenberger's does now. Rittenberger's got a small place now. Yeah. Well, David Davies was big in this town at one I'm, time. I always get them confused with Phil's meat market that's farther out. Yeah, that's, that's on Ridge Road, yeah. Um, I know we got interrupted there for you were telling me the story about sled riding anymore. Stories you can think of from your childhood? Well, we used to go fishing a lot in the, in the river. Wasn't supposed to, but we did. Now, why weren't you supposed to? Wasn't supposed to go to the river. Oh, okay. <laughs> we supposed to, we can go to the creeks, but not the rivers. Just because it was too big? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. We'd go. We, we did a lot of, they had a baseball team at that time. We used to go to watch the baseball games. We had to be home by the time the lights went out because they always left the lights on a little bit longer. After the game ended, yep, we had to be when the lights went out. We were supposed to be home. So is he in the house or on the porch or <laughs> on the property? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like I'm on the property. I can see you running down the sidewalk and diving into the yard as the lights click off. <laughs> no, you, 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 
they had the lights stayed on for a little while after the game was over, and you had to be home. They used to have they have busloads of people to come to the ball game. Now, a, that was back when the Grays were in town, wasn't it? No, it was called the Zanesville Indians at that time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was, now, was that Municipal Stadium as municipal, well? Yeah, that's okay. what I didn't played. know how long Municipal Stadium had been there. That's, that was built, I don't know, in, in, in the early 30s, I think. I think it was built during Depression time. Okay. In the early 30s. Because it was donated land from uh, by a man named Gant. Gant owned that. I don't know if he, don he donated or not. But he, that was uh, one time that was all Gant property all through there. Okay. Even that housing project up there on top of the hill, Oakland Avenue and Superior Street, all, and Gant Street was right down below it. All, all that was Gant's property. I didn't know there was a housing project up there. Oh, yeah. After the war, they built houses up there on top of that hill. I'm thinking a different type of housing project. I'm thinking like the manor. Oh no. Uh, the, no. Okay. Like it's more like more or less like a subdivision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They built it there after the war. Okay. I was gonna say which war, but I <laughs> I I made that mistake in asking in a pre interview the last time in World War Two. Yeah, World <laughs> War Because you were a paper boy. World War Two during yeah. during that time. Yeah, I was carrying newspapers. Yeah. Um What's the funniest family story you remember? Well, one day, early in the morning, we were going to go blackberry picking. My brother Roy had a car, and he he just got out of the army because the war was over at this time. And we all went out to go blackberry picking. I had a piece of pie in my hand, and I decided I didn't want that pie, and I went to throw it out the window. And the window was closed. <laughs> <laughs> Smashed pie all over his window. He said, "I'll never clean my windows again." <laughs> So this was his car windows then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the wind caught it and just and brought it back in. No, the wind never caught it. The window was still up. Oh, okay. Okay. The window was never rolled down. I smashed it right into the window. He said, I'll never wash my windows again. That's nuts. It's just... Did you think you had put it down, or I really wasn't? No, I probably still half asleep because it was early in the morning. Oh, uh, yeah. So blackberry pie for breakfast, huh? That yeah. sounds like a. I don't remember if it was blackberry pie or not, but we were going blackberry picking. Oh, blackberry picking! Yeah. It was a piece of pie. And I had a piece of pie in my hand. I was going to eat it. I didn't decide I didn't want it. <laughs> and they say pie isn't for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, we eat all kind of stuff for breakfast. Mostly had coffee and toast for breakfast. It's. Uh, lately, I've been doing uh, uh, fried egg sandwiches. Um, something quick, easy. Um, if I eat eggs, I want them scrambled anymore. I don't really yeah. care for fried eggs. I just scramble them up. I don't care for them much anymore either because Thelma doesn't make well can't make them anymore because she's no longer with us. You sound like you sound like Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to make eggs like Grandma? <laughs> I'm I'm close. I'm close. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta find the right bacon. You guys, what well, it has to be the bacon grease that causes the flavor. I gotta find the actual bacon that you guys used, and I, it, usually, I don't know if it was a, a Superior she, or a Smithfield. She used Wright's bacon. Okay, that's that thick stuff. Yeah, thick slice Wright's. Yeah. Yeah. So they still make it. There. Yeah, they still. I don't still say taste the same, but they still make it. I want to go ahead and write that down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be my secret ingredient. Wright's bacon, because Dad has some in the fr in the freezer down there during his podcast. It was he said it was like uh, between 
between six and seven ninety nine a pound. It's, it was high yeah. because, but that's when it was on sale when yeah. he bought it. Yeah. So, all right. We used to buy it and freeze it. Yeah. You know, put it on a sheet pan and freeze it, and then take out what you needed, to put it in, scale it that way. Yeah, I've been over the past few weeks. I've been trying to cut back on my meat consumption. Yeah. I need to lose some weight. Uh, before I go back to the doctor in February, <laughs> the doctor said I needed to lose about 50 pounds back in April. Oh, so so you I've been gonna, procrastinating. <laughs> you're not going to lose it there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I've lost about five or six over the past few weeks between. I'm just not very active anymore. Yeah. And my job, it keeps me active to a point, but I'm usually standing in a three foot by three foot area in a in a bucket truck. Yeah. And I I move from here to here. Yeah. My most exercise is getting in and out of the bucket and being two hundred and fifty pounds, getting in and out of that bucket's kinda hard. Oh your all your exercise is in your arms. <laughs> yeah. Doing this, doing that, yeah. Pulling yourself up and I'm I'm starting to feel it in my knees. Oh yeah. Yeah. And but that extra weight you will feel in your knees. Yeah, and my concern is you know, the bucket limit is 350 pounds. I weigh 250. The amount of tools and stuff I take is probably between 50 and 60 pounds. Yeah. So once the bucket is up, if I got to take the globe off of the lamp, that's another 5 to 10 pounds of just pure glass. Yeah. So I'm at the, I'm almost at the limit you're, yeah, you're and afraid to move. <laughs> bucket upset with you. <laughs> And I'm in a smaller truck, uh, an F450, so it doesn't require me to put stabilizers out. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't have them. Yeah. But I can understand the truck not having them because it would take me more time to set the truck up with the stabilizers yeah. than it would be to change the light bulb. Right. I would rather I would be quicker just to have a ladder, and <laughs> and I'm afraid of heights. Right. And I work inside of a bucket truck. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> See, I can't do that bucket. It gets too high off the ground. <laughs> I think at its highest point, maybe 35 yeah. feet. But once the wind blows, it feels like you're 70. Yeah, that wind will rake shake that bucket, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the only time I get that high is if I'm in the alleyways replacing an alley light. Yeah. But I don't. I rarely get more than 15 feet off the ground in the bucket. Yeah. Even then, it's more of a... I, it, if the light is close enough to the truck, uh, the curb, yeah, I can stand on the side of the box and and change the bulb, but it's easier for me just to get in the bucket and go up. Yeah, see, so you went to that lineman training. You all be used to that. Yeah, but even then, I was afraid of heights. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was even worse then because I was climbing poles yeah. with a spike that's the size of a bird beak, yeah. and it's supposed to hold me up thinking I was 250 then, but really I was only 95 pounds then. <laughs> and plus the poles that we were on were old. Um, they took out and put set every year for, yeah. for training. training. So yeah. each, the poles were gaffed out. They'd had splits in them. And There's been you, a lot of climbing on them. That's there why. sure yeah. were. And yeah, usually yeah. your freshman, well, not your freshman year, but your your first six months of the, of the class, you're just practicing climbing. Yeah. Even then, I just... Couldn't do it. I could, I could climb fine. Going up was yeah. fine. But coming down was a pain. Coming down was worse, huh? Because you go to stick your foot in, you don't know if you're actually hitting yeah. where you're going. Yeah. 
or you get it in there. It's like, okay, that's solid. Slip. <laughs> it's part of my friends. It feels like you shit yourself because, or you want to bear hug yeah. the pole and catch a bunch of splinters going down like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I enjoy my work. Uh, have no complaints. Makes it, bucket makes it a lot easier, don't it? Yeah, yeah. And I will put that truck in any place to get, to just to use the bucket. Yeah. I don't give a crap. I'll block traffic. I got a flash of yellow light that says I can do whatever I want in city plates on the truck. Well, they know you're working. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those the, the, the residents that aggravate me the most are the ones that complain when I'm doing the work, but they're also they complain when you're not doing the work. Yeah. Well, this light's been out for six months, and now you're in my way. Sorry. Took us six months to get here. Yeah, well, I mean, usually lights don't stay out that long. Because uh, I, I, I try to check my circuits at least once a week. Okay. It's just, it was just a, a nice round figure. It's don't like, they call in when they... Yeah, some people do. Call when the light's out. Yep. Um, they've got... Uh, like an app now where they can register oh, okay. for lights being out. Some people still, the older folks still call City Hall or send an email. Yeah. Uh, every morning I get paperwork for lights out, but sometimes I don't get paperwork for them. And I just go and turn on my circuits because I want to check to make sure lights are still working. You can tell that way. Yep. Um, huh. Everything runs on a photo cell. Okay. Um, so once if I go to my unit, and flip it on to bypass the photo cell, all my lights come on in that circuit. So I think I've got seven seven power boxes locations that control seven sections of okay. the city. Uh, but it's not very bad. I always thought the police would report the lights when they would find them Some out. of them do. Yeah, uh, yeah some officers yeah. do. Yeah. But the residents, they pay a high tax rate, so they want to make sure all their stuff is working. <laughs> the way it's supposed to be yeah. and some of those places their tax rates are more than my salary and yeah. i don't get I, I get i get paid a pretty decent pretty decent amount of money if that puts you into perspective yeah, tax, <laughs> some tax rates are high yeah, i agree and with especially that. in that town yeah. um it's the governor's mansion's there schottenstein's live there wexner's he had a place there uh germain's have lived there I seen on the news the other day where someone was at the at the governor's mansion, her house, whatever. They was doing. Yep. So I don't know what they were doing. That's they, right in. Well, it's not right in the heart of Bexley, yeah. but it's it's there. There was a gated section there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, they may have been doing a lighting ceremony. I don't know. They they was talking about something about, about the governor, but I don't know why. But they just happened to be so he's the gate to his place going mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yep. So that front gate to his place, right across the street from it, is my power box for a section of, of the north section of the city. So okay. <laughs> I feel awkward sitting there sometimes for, you know, five to ten minutes. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm clocking the place. You <laughs> can try to figure a way to break in. But my power box is right there. Yeah. And then Schottenstein's house, they have, he's got three or four driveways to his property right down the road. I hate sitting there. if Especially if I'm trying to do some work there. Yeah. I hate it. Because he's got armed guards that are part of his property. Right. And they won't hesitate to come out and ask you questions. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, so we've got a, we got an officer, a guy that retired from the police force up there. So every time I do go over to that area, I stop and let him know, hey, Bobby, I'm 
going to be in front of the Wex, uh, the Schottenstein's house for a little bit. Uh, don't get too antsy. <laughs> I, got, I got a job right here. I'm not, going, I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just doing something, my work. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going to keep moving on. Um, what was it like where you grew up? Uh, we're from Zanesville, Ohio. Uh, just a normal neighborhood. Yeah. Everything, I thought everybody got along good. I mean, yeah. there were some parts you weren't supposed to go to, but. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know be across that bridge before the streetlights come on. Stay out of this area. Yeah. But I think that's most places. I mean, listening to Dad's interview, he made it sound like it was the heart of Alabama. No. But it, it may have been different for him. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but my, my experience was probably about like yours. Everybody was probably in the same boat. Yeah. We, every, everybody was either had money or they didn't. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. Money wasn't the main thing for us when we were kids growing up. It didn't mean nothing. Yeah. Just, I mean, and that's most kids. I mean, just, just another thing people needed every once in a while, but as far as yeah. me needing money, I never needed money for nothing. So I knew the, you know. Well, back then it's, you know, people had employable skills to fix their own things. Most people did. Everything would break, they fixed themselves. Yeah, they didn't need the hundreds of dollars it yeah. would take to hire somebody to come and fix it or buy a new one. No, anything you needed, you did fix it yourself or had some of your friends help you fix it. You know, yep. it it's like I just recently replaced a part on my car. The part only costs 180 bucks, but the lo- but the dealership where I bought the car I was going to have them replace it because I thought it, hopefully it would fall fallen under the warranty. Yeah, but it didn't. They were going to charge me three hundred bucks for the part, and then seven hundred dollars for the labor. Put it on, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's, that's insane. Yeah, that's. So I I waited till I waited for the summer for till it got bad enough to, for me to fix it, and I finally fixed it. And a buddy from work helped me fix it. Ryan, he's a he's a great guy, young young kid. Uh, and I got out of there. I ended up paying more than I should have because uh, I ended up buying extra parts yeah. for you know, spark plugs, coil packs. My, the, the top part of the motor was already torn off. Might as well go ahead and replace those parts while I'm in there. Yeah, yeah, right. But ended up finding out I had another problem. So those parts didn't get put in yet. So I got to fix that problem first. Motor's just got 150,000 miles on it. So it's, That's a lot of miles. Yeah, 400 miles a week back and forth to work is... For, for that new of a car. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. And I bought it in 2017 with 20,000 miles on yeah. it. Yeah. I've killed that thing. Yeah. But it runs fine. Yeah. Uh, fuel mileage is a little lower than it should be because I put some aftermarket mufflers on it. Yeah. And I like to get into it every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, we can hear you go by when you go by sometimes. <laughs> Jimmy said, that's James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know... It doesn't sound it doesn't sound like a V eight, but it sounds good to me when it starts up in the morning yeah. in the cold. I know my car's running when I hit the remote start. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> sounds good now. I hear that thing run, that sounds real good. That's what I want to hear every time I hit that start button. Describe your most important friendships. Because I don't know many I don't really know any of your friends. Well, I had a Eden. friend, Gene Dickinson. When we were kids. We were running together for years. Time. I mean, if you've seen one of us, you've seen both of us. We worked at the. Or one was not far behind. Yeah, we was always together. 
from, I'll say, I'll say from junior high school, clear up through high school. Okay. Until I went into service. We both worked at a service station, same service station. We were just, just like brothers. Now, where was that at? I was going to Corner State in West Maine, Sinclair Station. Sinclair's, the dinosaur. Yep. That's where Don's radio radiator shop is now, yeah. We worked right there. Now, were you guys hanging pumps then, or was it a full-service station? Full-service, full-service. You went out and pumped gas. Okay. Checked the oil, checked the battery, checked my tires. He did all that. Washed the windows. Yeah. Wasn't no such thing as self-service then for the cars. And gas was only like 17, 18 cents a gallon. Must be nice. (laughs) (laughs) I could fill up a few cars with that nowadays. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd wash cars on Saturday. Him and I would wash cars on Saturday, and then we would work the pumps on Sunday. Yeah. Hmm. He had other people working during the week. Okay. But him and I, him and I would just work, work, wash cars on, on Saturday, and then on Sunday we would run the, run the filling station. So. Well, you gave me a book uh, last time I was here we, when we did our, my pre-interview, kind of, I still haven't gotten through it yet. Um, about the history of Zanesville. Yeah, Zanesville history book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to slowly work my way through it. There's a, there's a lot in that book. Yeah, and like I said, it, it boils down to time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's on my nightstand, but with the baby, you get home, you get fed, showers. By the time you're ready to get into bed, nine thirty, ten o'clock. Who wants? I mean, I'd like to sit there with the with the light on. And, you got to get up and go to work. <laughs> and, and read my book for a little bit, but I don't want to keep my wife awake either. So I also don't want to go sit on the couch you because go then I want to turn on the TV. You got to go to work. So your yeah. book's not going to be read. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm slowly working my way through it. There's yeah. a lot of inter- interesting stuff in there. Um, you wouldn't think it, but Muskingum County, Zanesville is a big historical site. Zanesville was the capital of Ohio for a while. Yep, um, I think nineteen, maybe maybe eighteen hundreds. It was either eighteen oh nine to like eighteen twelve or nineteen oh nine to nine nineteen twelve. So it wasn't very long. It was the capital. Yeah, yeah, it was either in the eighteen hundreds or nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. I can't believe because now the nineteen hundreds are over. Yeah, I can't say. I got to distinguish whether it was the lates or the earlies now, because <laughs> I was born in the late 1900s. Yeah. You were born in the mids. I, I was born in early. Oh, was, yeah, early, because it was before 1950. Yes, yeah, or 36. <laughs> yeah, 1936. So what more can you tell me about your, your friend? Well, after after uh, graduated from high school, I joined the service right out of high school. And then I never seen him no more for, what, about four years. Whatever your length of service yeah, was. Yeah, and then, and then uh, I was on a motorcycle one day going down the street, and I seen him, and I turned around, and we got together for a while. And we started that same thing again, you know, we was running here, running there, doing all these crazy things that young people do. And he got married. And I thought, well, I, this has got to stop. You know, I can't be running with this guy. He's married now. You know, that, I don't want nothing to happen there with him and his wife. So we just kind of drifted apart. Yeah. So, and this... Actually, we just really never got back together that much until a couple, about four years ago, I ran into him again, and we started fishing. We fished for us one whole summer, back and forth a few times, 
in Dillon, Buckeye, Buckeye Lake, and Lake Seneca Lake for maybe maybe a, two years. He had a big pontoon boat. Oh, so this was recently. Yeah. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, this is just recent, and it's and, and then that was about three years ago, and then we kind of just kind of drifted apart again. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I haven't seen him for a while. It's funny you mention that. Uh, on the way here, I stopped off at uh, the fueling station to get some drinks. Non-alcoholic, folks. So I'm not drinking with my dad today. Grandpa doesn't drink anymore. Uh, sitting, in, I sat in the car for a little longer than I should have. Yeah. Because I was checking out something with my with my new uh, a new camera system in there, and I finally went in, got my two things I wa- I wanted, and I walked out, and I saw as I was walking out, I saw this guy's face. I'm like, there's no way that's him. Uh, it was my buddy Eric. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't seen him since <laughs> twenty. 15? Yeah. Late 20, oh, early 2015 to late 2015, yeah. we were in prison together for, yeah. for, a, for a while. Yeah. And I had been meaning to try and get a hold of him, but I'm not on social media. I don't have his phone number. And it was, it was the last place I expected to ever see him because yeah. I thought maybe he was from Columbus or something. But yeah. I walked out, and looked at him. I'm like, he started to smile. I'm like, Eric? He's like, yeah, Red? Just hugged each other said yeah. merry christmas and we didn't we didn't stop, we didn't stay there exchange numbers so it might be another 5 to 10 years before yeah. i see him again so it's funny the way things work out it's like i was going to leave the house earlier than yeah. i than than i was going to but i didn't i wanted to get the prime rib ready yeah. and seasoned up for christmas dinner tomorrow and so i stayed at the house a little bit longer than i than i than i would have liked to not saying that I don't want to be at home, but then I stopped at the fueling station to get something to drink, but I didn't want to stop there. I wanted to stop at the at the drive-thru because I'm lazy and didn't yeah. want to get out. <laughs> so I stopped there, stayed in the car an extra few minutes, then ran into an old buddy. Yeah. That's just, it's awkward how that happens. Well, see, when I ran into Gene, before we got back together again, I was at the service station getting gas, mm-hmm. and he pulled in, and I spoke to him, and he said, I ain't seen you forever. I saw, he said, I didn't know who you was. <laughs> he started talking. Yeah, it's just one of them things. And then we got together for a while. And then the comic got drifted apart again. We went fishing. Like I said, we went fishing. I had been fishing for years. Yeah, that, and that surprised me when you said, well, you and went he fishing. Said, I'm like, said, we'll go fishing. He says, I, I said, okay. He, he said, I got a pole. And I said, we got out in this boat. And he, I said, how you open this thing? How you work this thing? <laughs> <laughs> it was a new type of reel for me. I Technology's seen, changed in the last 50 years. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> you had to show me how to work their f- fishing pole. <laughs> you would have been better off going out and get you a little Snoopy pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a new newfangled pole as far as I was concerned. I didn't know how to work that. <laughs> Where and how did the news travel in your neighborhood? Mouth to mouth. You know, that's the way that people had to tell you something, you know. Yeah. Wasn't no... So who was the big gossip queen in the neighborhood? Not queen or king. Who was the big gossipy person in the neighborhood at, at your time? Well, we had one of our friends. That all he did was lie. <laughs> I'm not going to name him. That's fine. We don't need names. We want to protect the names of the innocent. But he, he could tell he was lying because his eyes were blinking. <laughs> <laughs> The, the more faster you talk, lying lies blink out much faster. Lying like a rug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't believe anything he said. <laughs> oh, man. 
So I'm curious. I think this question is a little out of order of the way I should ask them. Now, you're James Delbert, um, and Dad's James Christopher, yeah. and I'm James Christopher as well. So most all my listeners know that I could technically be the third, but I couldn't get a good enough answer from Dad on why we weren't named Delbert or why Dad's name was Christopher instead of Delbert. Just didn't want another Delbert. Okay. Just my, I was D, and the thumbnail says we didn't. I'm so we just name him Christopher. Okay. I didn't want a junior. Okay. I didn't want a junior. That know. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like me. It's like everyone would say, call me junior, but no, I'm not. Yeah. That's not my suffix. My suffix is, is the second. Yeah. It's it's completely different. Just like my dad was Chester Alfred. Okay. And then. No, my dad was Chester Arthur. Chester Arthur. And my brother was Chester Alfred. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and they would get them mixed up a lot. But he wasn't a junior. Yeah. And he still wasn't a junior. Yeah. Okay, that makes more yeah. sense. Because uh, I asked Dad the question about how he got his name, but he went out of order and told me how he got his name, White Boy. He, I don't know who gave him that name. Um, Rocky, uh, Potsy's brother. Oh. Or brother-in-law, something like that. Probably his brother-in-law, Potsy's brother-in-law. Because I, I, I didn't know how he got that name. Yeah. Because yeah. of, of his light skin and yeah. green eyes. Yeah. The, I believe... I believe the story went. Uh, he wanted. He asked if he can call him White Boy, and Dad said, "Yeah, why?" And he basically said, "Because I'd never seen a nigger with green eyes." That <laughs> <laughs> could, could be. I don't know. How I got that name really. I, yeah. yeah. And I was referring to when I asked the question how he got his name, his 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 regular name, but yeah, he went on nickname. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what schools did you attend mostly? I went to Munson School for the grade school. Okay. I went there for a time. Roosevelt for junior high school. Okay. Zanesville High School, down Zanes, downtown Zanesville for two years. And, they, and then we moved to the new high school, which is gone now. Yeah. Where it's at Zanesville High so School. So when did they build the new high school? Well, not the new new high school, but your time. 1955 was the first class to graduate out of the second high school, I should say. So did you graduate out of that? Yes, one I, was, of the, I was the first class out of 1955. Okay. And last September, this past September, we had our 66th class reunion. I think you were talking about and that's that. That's the first one I ever went to. <laughs> <laughs> was it, how many people were there? Probably 100. In fact, I got a letter, but I think they said some of them canceled out the last time. There was at least 100 people there. That's not bad. Yeah. How, about how big do you think your graduating class was? 300 and some. Wow. 300 and some in the class. Well, Zanesville is a, is a bigger city compared to Tri-Valley, where yeah. I ended up graduating yeah. from. So. Yeah, there was 300 and some in the class. Because like Zanesville has one school district, but several, several elementary schools. When I went to school... There was no West Muskingum, East Muskingum. There was none of them schools. And those are all different. They all came into Zanesville when I went to school. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Then after that, they kind of broke up. The yeah. you know, Tri-Valley. Was tri of course, Tri-Valley was still there. But West Muskingum wasn't, and Maysville wasn't. They, they've all come into Zanesville yeah. at that time. Yeah. They come from East Fultonham. All them places come into Zanesville. What are your early school day memories like? I really don't have any really any good school memories. It's all just 
ragtag kids going to school. So did you like school? Not really. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> no, I liked it, recess. And recess and lunch. I used to get, I used to get in trouble in the, mainly in the fifth grade. That's about right. I was in a lot of trouble in the fifth grade. I was a bad dude. Mine was. They would have they would have a uh, music lessons. They would send me out. Yeah, didn't want to participate. I, I could. I messed the whole class up trying to sing. Oh well, <laughs> I wasn't the same. Yeah, me neither. But I didn't. I felt like a goofball trying to do the little dances and all that. It's like, nah, you just go ahead and sit me in the hallway. There was one time I ended up getting getting pissed off and getting sent out into the hallway. And I re- looked around the corner, flipped the teacher off, and she caught me. I was another. That was another whirlwind. That was at Munson School too. Yeah, he was probably in the same. In the main entrance upstairs in a, like a globe had a big globe in like a library uh, next, or something in that room next to the uh well the main entrance for you may have been on Munson but they changed the entrance for us to the side okay where the where the playground was yeah okay yeah so fifth grade I was next to uh, fifth grade was next to the the principal's office okay see when I was in the fifth grade it was on the second floor and the main entrance was down on the front yep See, when I was, I was up there on the second floor, when I was going to school there, it was third grade, third, I think third grade and second grade was on the, was on the top floor. Okay. We had, we had a playground, a boys playground and a girls playground. And they had swings on the girls side, but they didn't have the swings on the boys side. When the bell would ring for recess to end, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the boys would run over and jump on him swings. Yeah. <laughs> Get the swing for a while. <laughs> Come in late. <laughs> Is there any teachers or subjects you particularly liked or disliked? I think it was second or third grade. Teacher was Miss, Miss Brown. She was a nice teacher. I liked her a lot. Some of them, that's not really, Miss Brown, I think it was second, she was either in second or third grade, I can remember her, and Miss Hannon was a sixth grade teacher, she was the principal, and she was, she was law, whatever she said, that was, that was it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. all they had to do was mention Miss Hannon, but you had it, I'll send you to Miss Hannon's office. Were you involved in any sports music or anything like that, no. extracurricular activities? no. The sandlot ball we played. I, never, I wasn't in any organized sports for school. Did they have them back then? Yeah. Well, I mean, not back then, but I didn't know if they had them. I think nowadays kids are playing organized sports. No, outside they never. Of school. They never had nothing like that. Okay. Just, just neighborhood kids would play okay. ball. Okay. Wasn't no school sports like that. Like Betty Legs, it wasn't no Betty Legs. So you, I don't need to ask that because you did graduate. So we're going to go to your work and stuff like that. So what did you want to do when you grew up? First thing I want to do is get out of town. <laughs> That's the reason I joined the service. That's That was Dad's answer, too. Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> but with him, I asked, I, w- I wanted to make iterate that the reason him going to the service wasn't a, le- a legal reason. Yeah. It's either the service or jail, boy. Yeah. Which one is it? I'll yeah, I just, I just wanted to get out of town. So I joined the Air Force right out of high school. So did you want... So did you 
want the Air Force outright, or did you want to go somewhere else? No, Air Force outright. I joined it before I got out of school. Like, I went down before we graduated and joined. The guy said, when do you want to go? And I said, well, we graduate, like, on a Sunday night. I said, I'll be ready to go to Wednesday morning. So so you chose the Air Force. You didn't just go to a recruitment office and say, I want to join the service, and then they did all that stuff. No, I went right to the Air Force recruiter. Okay. Yeah. So why Air Force over Army or... Well, or, I mil- or Marines or Navy. Well, this one guy, when I like to say, we used to work at this filling station. This one guy was, he was in the Air Force, and he he was from Zanesville. And every time he come home, he would always come down the filling station. I liked his uniform. Okay, wore his car. He had a nice. I think it was a, what I can remember it was a nineteen forty nine, Ford convertible, like a, I don't know, like a some kind of a lime green or something. And then I always wanted to, I always wanted a Mercury convertible myself, but I never got one. <laughs> well, that makes me laugh because now you're a GM guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, was, ever... I was Ford for a long time. So what made that change? I don't really know. Because I, I was a Ford forever. I can't remember the last time you even owned a Ford, even if even if I was alive and you had a Ford. Oh yeah, you were. And I finally went to a Buick. Well, that's a GM product. Yeah, but I went to a Buick. And I, was, I don't know, kind of stayed in the Buick line for a long time. Oh, I can believe that because <laughs> Thelma drove, drove Buicks for decades. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, stayed in there for a long time. Yeah, I, I love the Buicks. Dad and I talked about those, the, the white one and the maroon one that you guys had. Yeah. Uh, I got a GMC truck. Yep. I had a Ford truck first time. I had a Ford truck before that. I don't I had, remember I had that one. I had two Ford trucks. Yeah. I don't think I was around for those. Yeah, I had Ford trucks, and then I had a... And I finally got a GMC truck. The first truck I remember was the blue and silver two-tone Chevy. Yeah. Like 92. Yeah. But, of course, I yeah, was. That was a 1992 Chevy. That's, that's I was uh, yeah. four years old at that time. Yeah. So Got that at Coughlin's in Newark. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you still have the calendar hanging on the bedroom wall in there? I don't know. I think they got the, still got the picture someplace. That's Yeah, because yeah. it, it had a calendar attached yeah, to it. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So every time I see a blue two-tone Chevy, I mean, the older style, just like that. Yeah. I see one, well, like, I think of Grandpa. And then you had that for the longest time, and then you traded it in for the the red one? Red, the red Chevy, yeah. And that was, in when you traded it in, you ended up getting one with four doors. No, no, not that time. The, the red no, one wasn't four-door? No, the red one was okay. two-door. Okay. Yeah. And then? I got it in, in Kershockton. Okay. And that's the one that got wrecked on Dresden Road? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you get then you got the blue one with the four doors. And it's yeah. like, well, he never had a four door when we were kids. Yeah, so we didn't have to take all you boys and yeah. girls with us yeah. when we drove the truck. We had a reason. That's when I got the four door one, that one, yeah. GMC, yeah. That's the one I still got. Yep. It's got 80-some thousand miles on it. Oh, must be nice. I had it for, I got it in 2012. It was 2011 ball, and I got it in 2012. What was your first job, and how did you get it? My first job was newspapers, carrying newspapers. Okay. And then after that, was working at the filling station part-time. And after the filling station, like I said, I went to the service. When I got out of the service, I went to work at the Burnham Boilers, because I couldn't find a job anyplace else, and I went up there, and I worked there. And it was, this was in 
60, maybe early 60 or late 59, I forget, because I got out of the service in February 59. And I worked there off and on because they had work a while and lay off a while, work a while and lay off a while. And I told the guy, we'd work like four days a week and get laid off. That went on for I don't know how long, off and on, off and on. Finally got laid off for a while, and I told the person I'm asked, I don't want to come back to work unless you got something more permanent. I said, I don't want to get laid off every, every week after four days. He said, okay. So I got a job at the Zanesville Country Club. I was washing dishes at the Zanesville Country Club. And the guy at the radiator, Bernard Borders, called me up and said he had worked for at least six months. I wonder if I take it. And I said, yeah, I work for six months, but I'll only work afternoon because I got a job in daytime. I'm not going to quit it just for six months. He said, okay, we do that. So I went to work at Burnham Boilers for, I don't know, five, four or five years. And I finally quit working at the country club after about three years when I was working two jobs at a time. And then they... Burnham Boilers got to where they were laying people off again. So instead of me working five days a week, I was only working four days a week. And a guy told me that they was going to hire people at the high power plant in Philo. So I went down there and talked to them. They said, we guarantee you a job for at least six months. I said, okay. So I went back and worked at Burnham Boilers, and I told a guy that had people laid off, I said, would you lay me off? And he said, no, we can't lay you off. And he said, we got people, it's, you, we can't lay you off. He says, well, you can call someone back. He said, no, we can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. Because, you know, you, your seniority's going to keep you work. He says, tell me you're sick and I'll lay you off. I said, I'm not telling you I'm sick. I'm not sick. He said, well, I can't lay you off. I said, okay, Friday's my last day. I'm going to quit. He said, you want to quit? I said, yep, because I got another job at least for six months. Pays more money. He said, well, if you ever need another job, come back. I never went back. <laughs> yep, because as long as I've been alive, you've always worked at Owens that, I'm, that I recall. Yeah. So, like Dad said, you would, you'd worked plenty of places. I worked at the high on. power plant for nine, almost ten years. Yep, and I think that's, he said that's where, you, where he met um, – His, his friend that got killed because uh, you worked with his dad. I can't think of his name right now. I went to work down there in, in Philo. Either 66 or 67 when I went to work at Philo Power Plant. Okay, because that would have been, Missy, Aunt Missy would have been born right about that she, time. She was born when I was working down there. She okay. Was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was born in 68, and I was working there at that time. Okay. So then you were already living here at the time then, at this house, when you started Yeah, working. we moved out here in 68. Okay. Same year Missy was born, we moved out here, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, Missy, yeah, 68. Missy yeah. was born in 68. Yeah. I'm thinking of my mom's uh, husband. He was born in 66. Because yeah. all, all your kids are four years apart. Yeah. And then that's when I got my license to operate, a, operate boilers when I was at Philo. And when they closed up, I went to 
down in Long Island, Newark. Well, I, first I got, I went to Federal Glass in Columbus and worked there for about a month, month and a half. Then I got, got hard down at Owens Corning in Newark. That's now, I, did they do the same thing as Owens Corning did? No, they made glassware. Okay. They made so, dishes and stuff. Was that all union work then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I wasn't there long enough to get in their union. Okay. Because you know, I'd work so long before you get in the union. Okay. Well, I, I was there, I was probably only there 30 days at the most before I come to Newark. Okay. Yeah. It's like uh, Owens now, they probably were back then too. Now they're part of the Steelworkers Union. My, at least mom's part is United. That, when I worked at Owens. USW, United, yeah, United Steelworkers. When I worked at Owens, there was like three different unions in there. Yep. You got the electricians. Electricians. Maintenance. And and I was in I was in the maintenance union IAM International Machines. and then the United Steelworkers and they got well, steelworkers are now because steel work because the glass blowers and steelworkers are all part of the same union now okay. USW okay yes I think there's still three there yeah there would there would be three yeah yep. yeah so mom has been there I think twenty two twenty three years and she finally got excuse me. Uh, put on a shift where she's able to work Monday through Friday, five days a week, eight yeah. hours a day. And it's it's just awkward. She says she's whenever she gets switched back to shift, it throws her off. Yeah. Going from eight eight hours a day to, to 12. 12. <laughs> but when you've been working there for 20 years on 12 on, yeah. well, three days on, three days off yeah. for 12 hours, and you finally get a break from it. I can imagine you getting getting weary when you have to go back to that schedule for a week or two at a time. That's what they were working when I got when I retired three three twelve hour shifts of the week. Now I know we talked about it before, but I want the listeners to know to know why you ended up retiring from there. Well, you, why you finally decided to retire because you were still. No, I I, I was sixty six when I retired. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I stayed on a. Extra year, really? Okay. They were, they were, they were getting ready to. How can I say? They were getting ready to do the way with the boilers. Okay, they were going to more like more different type of furnace system. Yeah, and uh, they were hiring temporary help, so I just stayed longer. You know, actually, yeah, I'd say a year longer, close to a year longer, anyhow. Because mm-hmm. you know, and they still still had two. Two temporaries working there at that time before they really shut Claire down. And when they shut the borders down, they I just went ahead and retired. Now, weren't they paying the the temps more? No, oh, I don't know. The temps went in from another place. You know, some okay. someplace else paid them. Owens didn't pay them. They, they like a temp service. You know how that works. You the temporary pays you, and you know the company pays the temporary people. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, you may be making. The temporary agent, Owens may be paying the temporary agency $15 an hour for your service, but the temporary agency is only paying you $5, yeah, they might, $10 yeah, an hour. Yeah, they, yeah I, don't, I don't know how they got that. I don't know how much they paid, but I know they were. That's was, another scam. They were temps, yeah. Temp, I hate temp agencies. I worked for one once. Yeah. And I got I got to the place. It was Keystone up in up in Columbus. Yeah. Off of uh, Freebus. Yeah. Um, which coincidentally... Uh, I'll get to that here in a second. Well, I ended up working there. They were making um, Chrysler parts at the time, and they were getting ready to shut down yeah. when I got the job. Yeah. 
So I only worked there, I think, maybe two days. And this was for the temp agency, yeah. but I was talking to an employee about how much they were making and because they, were, they weren't going to end up be moving with the company because yeah. they had no family. They can't say they didn't have any family ties. They didn't have any children or a wife yeah. to to keep them strapped down. Yeah. They could go ahead and move with the company. And he was making like $25, $26 an hour. This yeah. was back in 2006. Yeah. Um, right before the recession hit. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm I'm here doing the same exact job that you're doing. I understand you probably got, you know, 10, 15 years in. Yeah. But I'm doing the same exact job that you're doing for a quarter of the pay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. I didn't go back. Yeah, I know that's the way temporaries did. That you know, they got you the job and they paid you. They had to send the money into the temp people. That's so what I was what I was saying about the place was uh, now Ohio Mulch, they have a big facility up there. Mm-hmm. And when I first started working for Bexley and with the Leaf Season program, we were going there dumping our lo- our leaves. I'm yeah. sitting there wondering. I'm sitting there thinking, going down this road, and wondering. Why this looks so familiar? Why does this building and this location look so familiar? I finally, we finally went down a different service road to the back of the lot. Yeah. Because the front part was finally full. When I looked at the building, like that's where that plant was, right? So they own the property that the the Keystone Building is the plant still there. Yeah. Well, the building's still there, but now how most. Ohio Mulch just owns all that they own property. That building now. I'm sitting there, and it, it took me a couple of years to figure it out. Yeah. Not a couple of months. And it's on Freebus. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you come down Allen Creek, turn down Freebus, yeah. and then you get past where that bus garage is. Yeah. That first intersection with the light. Uh-huh. You hang a left. Okay. I think it's Fremont. Fairwood. It's Fairwood. Fairwood. Yeah, yeah, Fairwood. Yeah. I was just looking at the street sign the yeah. uh, the last time I was driving a leaf truck. And for the life of me, it took me three years to figure out that that's where I worked for for two days when I was eighteen years old. Yeah, it's it's a small world. And he's like, I I would I will never see this place ever again. Yeah. Now I'm going there at least once a day for the next five to ten years. See, now Ed lived in that area. Okay, he went down down the Fairwood. To and that's Smith Grandma, Road. And that's Grandma's brother. Correct? Yeah, down to Smith Road, and you'd make it right on Smith Road. Went down to Berkeley, and he lived on Berkeley. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, you answered a lot of those questions in that section, so let's go to family and friends. All right. What do you recall about your first date? I don't remember my first date. (laughs) Do you remember who it was with? No, not okay. really. Okay. I just dated anybody and everybody. You know, it wasn't really a date, I wouldn't say. Okay. Well, Dad had a lot of answers for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know he would have. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't say. I, I can remember a first date. I wouldn't know who it would have been even. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna s- skip that section then. Let's let's go back to to the air force. Cause there's some, there's some stories in there that I, that we talked about okay. before that I want to hear again. Okay. And maybe the listeners will, will enjoy. See, I, I joined the air force in 1955, June, 1955. I went to, uh, 
Sampson Air Force Base in Geneva, New York for training, for basic training. was there for three months. And basic training was just basic training, you know. And we got, we, put, we left Sainsville, went to Fort Hayes for a physical. And we, after we got done with the physical, we stayed overnight and they put us on a train the next morning, or maybe the same day, I don't remember now, we went into New York for basic training. And we got the, off the train, got on the bus, and they took us out to the base. And these guys all, it's big time on the base, you know, bus. And this sergeant jumped on this bus, and these guys was lighting up cigarettes, and he started screaming and hollering. <laughs> <laughs> Put out them cigarettes. No, I told you, smoke. He's like, give me all your cigarettes. After he packed back, took everybody's cigarettes. And we went to this building, and they took us in this building. And, we, and they gave us money. $30. They gave us $30. And we started on this line. And everyone, and everyone, they gave us something, took money, took money. We got in the line. We had a bunch of clothes, but no money. <laughs> they called it the Flying 30, and that's what it was. <laughs> then we went, they took us down to the barracks where we was going to stay. And the sergeant says, tomorrow we're going to have a nice GI party for you guys, all you new recruits. We're going to have a nice big party for you. That so sounds all, like a setup. So we all go to bed. You know, about five o'clock in the morning, you never heard such a racket. <laughs> and I woke up and I said, What in the world did I do? <laughs> Our GI party was GI and scrubbing the floor of the barracks. That's what we did with scrub so what did, brushes. So what did GI stand for? Government issue. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what you are. You're GI, you're government issue. That's what you are. <laughs> Oh, our GI man. party was scrubbing the floors with scrub brushes. Oh, at least it wasn't <laughs> toothbrushes. <laughs> no, it was scrub brushes. <laughs> but we cut grass with scissors. Yeah. Oh, get out man. there in the field with your scissors. Get your sewing kits out. We had a sewing kit in that junk they was giving us. Everyone get their scissors out. We're going outside. Everyone cut, start cut, cutting grass with scissors, buddy. It was just, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Breaking your morale, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's... That was that's my thing with the military. Prayed, prayed, prayed. We went around and marched around a prayed field, run, run, bunch of calisthenics. Just you know, the first week was I think was more running than anything else and getting shots and stuff like that and getting physicals, yeah. more physicals. Sounds like the prison system. Then they started giving you <laughs> giving you uh, more classes on stuff. You know, yeah. You know. It was a big fun after it's all over with. A lot, a lot, a lot of fun. When you look back on your military career, what uh, would you would you do it over again, and would you make the same decisions? I would probably do it over again. Only thing I would change was would be, I know how to get your attention and and get recognized now. At that time, I didn't. I just went along with the program, and you know, you don't you, if you're running that. Normal every day is fine. But if you get in there and you raise a whole bunch of hell, people find out who you are, then you settle down, they recognize you more. Okay. Yeah. So you got to get in there, make a name for yourself. Yeah. And then calm down. Yeah, right. This is like the prison system too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what did you, what exactly did you do in, in the Air Force? I was in armament. That's weapons. That's what it was. 
put weapons on planes and worked on the weapon systems. Okay. Weapon systems. You were an airman second class. Yes, that's as far as I could go, airman second class. I could not make rank because I wasn't the standout soldier like I should have been. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was doing all the right things at the wrong time. Right. I was raising hell too late. I should have raised it early <laughs> and settled down. You but, came to the party a little too yeah, late. Yeah, yeah. My, my thing started late, late. My <laughs> acting up started too late. Um, I was in the, I was in everybody's position to know who I was before all the wrong things. <laughs> That's the reason I couldn't make rank. But I tell you what, they, they must have, I must have been one of the best marchers they had. Because every time they had a parade, I was in it. <laughs> My name came up for the parade. <laughs> now, looking back on it, do you think it was mainly for for reprimands? Yeah, really. That's what it was, you know, because I wasn't conforming to their rules right, according to them. Yeah. You know, I was doing my thing my way. Because yeah, uh, we, another thing we talked about in the interview that we did before this recording, uh, you weren't, you, you I, to you've always been the clean cut, no alcohol, no smoking, you know, going to church. That's the that's the only grandpa that I know. But you mentioned that you weren't always that nice of a person. No, I wasn't. No. You were you were a bit of an asshole. I was. Yes. And could you elaborate on that a I, little bit? More? I did. I did things my way, whether they was right or wrong. To me, they was right. To other people, they were wrong. Yeah. You know. And. And and hearing that before we sit here, I sit here and think about it. It's like, wow, maybe, maybe the Williamses are more alike than we thought. Because we sit here and then we we try to measure up to you because we see you as an upstanding member of the community and the guy that everybody can rely on. Yeah. Not thinking that. You you really are. I had a wild side. You too. really are James Senior. <laughs> I had a, I had a wild side too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, you were telling me about uh, a, I think it was a sergeant you were having trouble with. Uh, uh, a yeah. Was, what was what was his rank? Uh, he was a, he was a he was a staff sergeant. Staff sergeant. Yeah. That's right. You you always had issues with staff sergeant. with the staff with the staff sergeants. Yeah. yeah. Um. You're was, not going to believe this, but uh. Staff Sergeant, get your ass out here and join this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were telling me about the uh, the time he almost had you blow up a hangar. A I whole bunch hear, of stuff he almost had me blow up. I want, I want to hear those stories again because well, they, they were funny. This, this story was I was in Michigan and it was in – January, and they had a, airplanes going to Yuma, Arizona, and had airplanes going to Florida. I wanted to go to Arizona. This was when you were close to getting out. Yeah, but I was. I wanted to go to Arizona. That's where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't let me go to Arizona. They want me to go to Florida. They said, they said, we want you to work on the 102s. I said, I want to work on 89. He said, no, you're going to Florida. I said, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> so they sent that me Williams to Florida temper. instead. So I told them, I'm not going to Florida. Yes, you are. 
I said, I'm not taking any tools. They said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. I wouldn't take my toolbox. Someone else carried my toolbox on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to Florida, and they was flying gunnery, and every day I'd steal a Jeep. <laughs> every day I'd go steal someone's Jeep. But I would not. I would not go to work. I'd just go. To, I'd go down the flight line and get in a jeep and drive, take off, ride all around the base, go wherever I wanted to go, go to dinner and park it, and take someone else's jeep when I leave dinner. Because they never had keys. They just had a switch to turn them on and go. <laughs> That's probably why they have keys now. <laughs> <laughs> so this this one guy that I had trouble with, all this trouble started when I was in Alaska with this sergeant. Then another man were working in what they called Iran. It was inspection requirements as needed. It was all in the hangar. Everything we did was inside. So we always got our work done good, fast, and we got a new sergeant in the shop, which was And he come up and he says, well, we got this one plane and we couldn't get something to work on it. And we told him we needed this certain box, but he wouldn't get it for us. He said, no, that's not what the trouble is. He said, take this out, take this out. So we went on like that for maybe a week or longer, and he would never get us this box. And he had us working on weekends to fix it, but we wouldn't fix it. we just go down there and sat. This other master sergeant came in to our shop one morning and said, What's, why can't you guys get that plane done? And we told him what the trouble was. He said, I'll get it for you. So he got this part we needed, and we put it in, and they took the plane out and flew it, and everything was okay. And the next morning, we went back to work. That sergeant come in and said, I'm going to get that box for you guys need today. So we don't need it. Why? I told you something else was wrong with it. Said, no. About that time, that sergeant came in that got the box for us, and he jumped on that guy, and he gave him hell, up some one side and down the other for not getting the stuff. He said, them guys do what they was doing, and you don't know what they're doing, and when they tell you something they need it, you get it for them. And he didn't like it, so he told me and this other guy, you're going back on the flight line. I don't care. I said, I'll work anywhere. He said, one of these days I'll get you. And this was like I said, was in Alaska. Mm -hmm. An outfit left Alaska and went to Michigan. When we got to Michigan, that's when they sent me to Florida for the flight. Like I said, I wouldn't do nothing. I would just steal a Jeep every day and run around. This sergeant was there, too, and he comes with me, and he says, Willie, he says, I got a plane. He said, I don't know what's wrong with it. I can't get it to work. He said, they can't find nothing wrong with it. Would you fix it? Come take a look at it. I said, yeah. We was about ready to leave here. I'll take a look at it for this you. This was that staff sergeant that you had trouble with? Yes. I said, I'll take a look at it for you. This was in Florida, Tyndall Air Force Base, Panama City. So I went over and looked at the plane, and he had it all hooked up. Has a pinball, what they call a pinball machine. What it does, it when you pull the trigger, it lights up everything that fires off. Mm -hmm. So he had the pinball machine all hooked up, and I started to go up in the cockpit, and I stopped, and I went down in the wheel well, and I said, I got to check something else first. He said, everything's all right, everything's all right. I said, no, I got to check something first. So I dropped the Bombay down, and then all that was not supposed to be on this plane. And I... Dropped them doors down that they come out was fully loaded with missiles. Yeah, because you said there was a, a sign on the plane that said says unloaded. unloaded. Yeah, yeah. And there was a uh, there was a lieutenant standing right there too. 
I don't know if he was one of the food the player, I don't know. But he's seen that. And I turned around and looked at him and I called him some kind of a name. And <laughs> I wouldn't say it today. <laughs> but I called him a name. And that lieutenant says, I want to see you. Told that sergeant that. And oh, when we man. left Florida, he wasn't with us. And them guys said, what did you do to him? I said, I didn't do nothing. That wasn't me. I did not do a thing. <laughs> yeah, but I did have to carry my own toolbox back on the plane. <laughs> so now those tools, did you have to pay for it out of your pocket or were, did the government give they were, them? They were government tools. Okay. I had to turn them back in when I left. Okay. Anything extra I had, I could cap. But if anything I didn't have, I had to pay for it. Okay. You know. But, now, if you had, the, now did you have the option of paying for that whole setup? Yeah, I could have, but okay. I didn't know that at the time or I would have bought it all. Okay. Yeah. Now, being that you were able to qualify working on aircraft in the military, what deterred you from going to work on aircraft outside of the military? They don't just, carry missiles. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't have missiles and guns on <laughs> civilian aircraft. <laughs> they might someday, but right now they don't. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't think about that at all. <laughs> well, during that during that time, um, you also mentioned about a drunk officer. Oh, yeah. I forget his name. Um, who used to drive the Jeep up yeah. and down the runway. It wasn't the Jeep. It was, what they call, it was a tug, what they call a tug. Okay. Right? It was a, like a shuttle bus. He had carts on the back so he could ride. I forget his name. Me and him was, me and him was good buddies. No one else messed with him because he was down the town drunk. I mean, he stayed drunk all the time. But. And you mentioned he, he was the one that he tried to sign for his paycheck once Yeah, he, was, he, couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't sign. He said, I'll never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you also mentioned uh, parade duty one time that was me all the time on parades well you they wrote your name down but they didn't specify yeah they, they didn't specify because there was another williams in yeah the this, unit. just said williams in the armament shop and there was more than one of us there and i didn't go <laughs> so the first sergeant called me in so you didn't go to that parade i said i wasn't supposed to he said, yes you was i said no i wasn't he showed me up right there it says williams i said i'm not the only one in that shop he said you got me that time <laughs> yeah that, that wasn't that was a master sergeant he didn't like me either mm. yeah it was two sergeants I had trouble with. So what's uh, anything else that you can that you can remember from your military career? Well, this one time I had this. My sergeant took the day off on a Thursday, and I had two days off coming. So I talked to this guy who was in charge to give me Friday and Monday off. He did. <laughs> <laughs> so I was gone for four days. <laughs> when I got back, Monday was mad. Now, is that the time that they took your, your leave from you? You mentioned that at one point in time, too, where they, they wouldn't allow you to take no, that passes. No, that was, that, was, that was another time. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, at that time, I they they when I got back from them four days, I was off, they and it was raising hell. And they said, you take, you, take the, you take the report up to the headquarters. I said, okay. And I walked in there, and he says, is that Williams back yet? And I said, yeah, I'm here. And he raised hell. <laughs> you ain't supposed to do nothing like that. I said, oh, well. I said, I had four days off. He said, you ain't supposed to take them like that. I said, well, I got them. Yeah. 
that time they took my pass, I went in the, they had inspections every day. And they had inspections. And there's four, three people in a room. And my name was in the middle of, on the door. There was three different names on the door. So when they gigged the room, they gigged me instead of this, just to say the room. They just said it was my fault. So I went down to the first sergeant's office and I raised hell about it. He complained about it and said, well, he says, we just, we just named the room. We should, shouldn't have you. We gave the room. So I said, okay, don't do it no more. We're going to inspect your room and it better be okay. I said, it'd be fine. So that, and I never did nothing to it. I never even swept the floor the next day. Then one time I was on a, I had a three-day pass. I was here in Zanesville on my leave, and I got picked up for speeding in going to Kershockman. I didn't think nothing of it. I, the fine cost me $35 for going to jail. And I got went back to the base, and everything was going fine, and the first sergeant called me in the office. And I went in, and he says, uh, Colonel Wilson wants to see you, but he's busy right now. So come back tomorrow. I said, okay. So that went on for about three days. Back and forth to see him, and every day it was busy. So finally he says, I can just take care of this myself. He says, uh, you got any idea what they want to see you about? And I said, they probably want to give me a medal. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, man, he, he, that made him so mad he didn't know what to do. Oh, man. He said, give you a medal. He started raising hell, and I started raising hell right back with him. I got right down in his face and on his desk, and I was giving him hell, and he's giving me hell. And I said, I'm, I'm ready, I'm leaving. He said, give me your pass. So I gave him a pass, and I walked out. And I was, as I was walking out, there was some guy going in, been AWOL for 39 days, <laughs> or 29 days. And I knew him. He was going in. I said, man, you've been going for 29 days. He said, yeah, I'll come back for it. Too bad. And I didn't get 30 feet from that building, and he come running out behind me. Hey, Willie, I got my pass back. I said, I don't believe this. <laughs> You've been going 29 days, hey, well, and I raise hell, and they take my pass. They give you yours. <laughs> That's, that was the way it was. Like I said, I was, I was a good trooper, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, we may come back to your military career, depending <laughs> on the, how the stories go, because uh, some of those may some of the questions I'm going to be asked in next may come from there. So who was the most critical or influential person in your life? My wife. I love her. <laughs> yeah. She's the one to straighten me out. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh man. From the time I got married, we, I was complete turnaround. Up to that time, I was kind of, I wasn't the person you wanted to think. I would run here and run there and run here and run there. Everywhere. I was running everywhere. Once I got married, that was all over. So, um, unfortunately, Thelma's not with us anymore. So the questions I have to ask, I have to ask you to get the answers because so, she, she can't give them. Um, what did she do for a living? She worked at the hospital for years. Okay. She worked in, I would say, the kitchen. Like like what Uncle Brian does? Yeah, dietary the division of the kitchen. Okay. And after we got married... She quit working for a while. Then she went back to work at one time. 
and she worked down on Linden Avenue at that uh, was Essex War, whatever they call it down there. She worked down there for a while. Yeah. Lear Construction. Lear, 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 Lear Corporation. Yeah. She worked there for a while. And then she quit there. And then she just started doing housework for different people. Yeah, because I remember her working for Dr. Young. Yeah, that's who she worked for mostly. For, for a long time. She worked for she but, worked for the Youngs and the Buseys and I forget the people's name. They used to live on Dresden Road, the man that she worked for. They moved to Florida after he retired. He was the personnel manager at, at Burnham Borders. Okay. He worked for them, but I forget their names. That's where she worked at. But she worked at the hospital for a long, long time. She worked at the hospital when she was in school. Okay. Yeah. So, like a part-time job after school, she started there. And she's... She still worked in the hospital when we got married in 1960. Okay. So we're just going to keep it at that avenue since uh, we're there. Uh, where, I can't, well, where did you guys meet, you and Grandma? Well, she used to babysit for my brother, Russell. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's one of the places we met. But she, she used to babysit for them. It was, that was her second mom. She was her second mom. See, they lived right beside Russell at one time. Mm -hmm. Russell, Russell and Eileen lived right beside Frank and Liz and Westford down there. was down there on Lee Street? Yeah. No, Walnut Street. Walnut. Yeah. Now, right is that there. behind Lee Street? No. It's across from Mattingly's. Okay. Matt, that's where the, where the right. truck depot is yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. That's Walnut Street right there. Now, does Lee Street go all the way through State Street and dead end... Or does it turn into something where the U-Bar is? It turns into North Road at there. North, okay. Yeah. Right right across from the, the intersection. Yeah, well, yeah, where you turn. Okay. This street runs clear to the end, and then it's, I think it's called North Road from on around. Okay. Yeah. It's where the Middle League ball alignment is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but Thelma was, uh, she tamed me down. Did, uh, now what was your, um, what was your idea of her at that time before when she was babysitting? Just, just another woman there. Did you have any feelings for her then, or did you even think about it? Or? I think she wrote to me when I was in the service and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you came home on your passage, did you see her at all, or um, whoever I could see? Whoever you... <laughs> More than one. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a rambling man too. Yeah, huh? I was. I was. I was a roamer. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh wow. Um, I would. I would go from one to another. You know how it was. Now, this house. You ended up purchasing from her parents. Her dad. Her dad. Yeah. Her dad and mom had and, this house built. Yeah. He got sick. Mm hmm He was, he was, he built this, built this, started building this, built this house in 1960. Yes. Well, he got sick later after he got it built. And he asked 
everybody but you. No, he, he asked, asked everybody he, first. He asked everybody first except me. But when when he got to me, I thought he was just kidding. I because I didn't know he'd asked the other ones first. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked me. Well, we lived on Graham Street at the time. Said, "Would you like to buy my house?" And uh, I said, "Yes, yeah, sure. I'd like to buy your house." He asked me a couple more times. He said, "He said I'm really serious." He said, I, I, would, you, "Would you would you like to buy my house?" I said, "Why you ask me that?" He said, "Cause I asked the rest of them first, and they didn't want it." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I said, "Yeah, I'll see about buying it." So I got a GI loan and bought the house. That's where we got the house. We bought through a GI loan. That's where we bought it, and we moved out here. Another government issue. Yeah, <laughs> I bought it in in 1968 when we bought this house. Now, you were telling me that he wasn't a big fan of yours. No, no, he wasn't. Now, did he ever elaborate why? No. No, he never did. But he's, I know he. he or was it because you were your previous self before? Probably, that was probably a lot of it. Okay. Yeah. Because I was a wild person, and, you know, that's probably, that's probably most of it was. He, he wasn't my, he wasn't in my corner, I'll put it that way. That's the reason we didn't get married till Thelma was 21. She turned 21 on March the 6th. We got married April 14th. <laughs> now, was that, so that way she was already, she was out of his, out she of was, his she house? She was already 21. She was not in his house to start with. So was 20, so when did the adult age, was it always 18 or? 21. 21 be, back then. You had, yeah, you got to be 21. Okay, now. <laughs> She, you can get married before that, but you had to have parents' commission. Okay. Reason. Okay. Well, rather even ask, she just waited until she was 21. You know, because you know, they, they, they kept telling her they didn't want nothing to do with me. You know, I was a bum. Now, you were also telling me that she wasn't necessarily raised by her parents. She, she wasn't. Was raised by her grandparents. She was raised by her grandparents. I said she was never in their house. She always, always was raised by her grandparents from the time she was a baby on. And that was she she was a second child? She was second, yes. Second child. Rachel was first, then was second. And all of all of them are dead yep, now, right? They're all dead, yeah. So it was, it was Rachel that died last. And yeah, that Rachel was the was accident the last one to die. in Arizona. Yeah. Uh Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That's what that's what she ended up dying after that accident, yeah. Hmm. What were the uh the early years, like of your of your guys's relationship, good. They were good. They was good all along. Yeah, I you know? I never really saw, saw you guys argue or fight. But then again, well, we had ups grandma. And, grandma would right. yell. You would say, "Okay, Thelma, and just couldn't keep on going." We had ups and downs, but not, <laughs> that that's every relationship. Yeah. But also, I wasn't one of your children and here to witness all that. So, nah. but by the time grandkids come around. Most of the time, kids are out of the house, so you don't really have much to fight over when it comes to to money and food. And, and We never had any problems like that. But Thelma could find money. I'd hide money, she'd find it. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me about the, the $10 she found in the glove box on one of your on one of your vehicles. Yeah, she found that at the laundromat. She went to the laundromat and decided to clean out the glove box, found the money. <laughs> And you weren't necessarily hiding it from her. It was just some place you stashed I just, it. I was just putting it in there, yeah. Yeah. Then right. I started cutting grass, and I was trying to save $1,000. And I had $900, almost 1000 She found it. 
Got all that money? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. So over the years, the house has been remodeled and added on to. Yeah. And the footprint has changed so much. Like the living room we're sitting in now didn't used to be here. No. The part where you're sitting now after the living room was built was the front porch. It was the porch. That's right. <laughs> that just got expanded. Yeah. Which was another funny story you told me. Yeah. Uh, Grandma decided she didn't want a front porch anymore. Yeah. So you tore it down. Yeah. No, I didn't have. We had someone else. Well, it. that's yeah. That's what I mean. You had yeah. it. You had it torn out. And then what is a few years later? She says, "I want another front porch." No, you don't. No, no, no porches. No porches. Because this bay window that is behind me is technically the the old window it's in the front room in there. It's what our bedrooms at? Yeah. 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 Yep, and then she wanted another porch. I said, no more porches. Well, I put a deck on. I had, you, you, you put Nathan a put the on. deck on after she got to where she couldn't move. I had to get a wheelchair and stuff for her. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, I could get her in and out that, brother, than you could the garage. Because I was taking her out the garage in that wheelchair. And that, that was rough, I'm telling you. Uh, too many steps or too steep? Or? Two steps and too steep. And no place to turn. Once you get that hall, you'd seen the hall there. And, you know, yeah. just, yeah. that's it. Because... Before, I remember the front porch where you're sitting yeah. now, but I don't remember the front door of the house being no. You wouldn't remember your, your that. bedroom because you your bedroom that. was always yeah. your bedroom. Yeah, but it never dawned on me to think, why is that little cubby hole there? Yeah. Then there's a coat closet dummy, and then the, the part that goes up into the attic, yeah, and that, then our that, last that was the front room. I yeah. mean, that's where you came in that door. Our there. last inter, our last sit down and talk you were telling me about it um because i remember the kitchen being a little smaller yep a whole lot smaller <laughs> right through that wall it's where it fended that's yep. kitchen's twice as big now as it was before yep. and the bathroom's bigger yeah yeah because um, that, that was another thing i wanted to I, I had always had questions about because the way the bat where the bathtub is is just like it didn't make sense but it does. It makes sense now because someone could still use the toilet and yeah. someone could be in the shower at the yeah. same time. Before but, the bathroom was right in front of the toilet. Yeah. Where the sink's at now, yep. and the sink was right beside the bath, right beside the toilet. Yep. Yeah. So it would have been between, would have been between the toilet and the bathtub, or would no. have been on the same wall as the toilet. The toilet and the sink was on the same side. Okay. Yeah. I think you said that the last time. Yeah. I just and the forgot. bathtub was right. You set on. If you set on the toilet, the bathtub's right there. Yeah. You now. When the kitchen got expanded, the pantry ended up being a pretty decent size, but it, it has since trimmed down because of the laundry room being moved up to the right, upstairs. Yeah. Had to change that part of it on that end of it, yeah. yeah it's just, uh, like this whole this whole house has a lot of... A lot of changes. A lot of changes and a lot of memories in it between me growing up out here. It's... it's I think this house was always the steady, the steady foundation in my life. Yeah, it's always been here, and if I needed a place to go to get away from from my home, my home life, which wasn't that bad, looking back on it, I just didn't feel like I was understood. But uh, Thelma was always here, yeah. I could always call. And 
know I could end up being here at at the at the blink of an eye. Yep, grandma, you was grandma's buddy. Yep, it's uh, it's the place doesn't the place feels the same, but it doesn't feel the same without her sitting in her chair and falling asleep talking to you, <laughs> or with a baseball game on. Yeah, yeah, she was baseball and basketball. That was Thelma. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully the house is able to stay in the family for years to come. If I could afford it, I would buy it, but I can't. Um, Here's what I did with the house. I put it in all four of the kids' names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of the grandkids. I don't put none of their grandkids on, just the, just the I kids. I can understand that. Yeah. That's that's too too much paperwork there. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, when the that's when I had my will made. I just I said, all for the kids. I said not their husbands or not their wives, just their just the kids. Yep, it's it's yeah. once they do with it, that's up to them. But, hey, this is my ideal place to live. It's got a little bit of land. It's far enough out, but close enough to a town. Yeah. But the trouble is the distance for me from work. Yeah, and the one way in, one way out, yeah. um, which doesn't really bother me too much. But it's just. The distance because I already drive forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, one way to work now. It would be about the same thing from here. Well, about the same mile of time. Yeah, but then I got a brave creamy road in yeah. in the winter time yeah. when it's not not freshly plowed and deal with the deer just to make it to one forty six yeah. to possibly hit more deer. Yeah. Then to get the sixteen, I I only hit one deer on on Creamy Road, and I think that was in the Maroon Buick. I forget which one it was, but I hit hit the deer on on Creamy Road. I, I, I think I think that's what Dad said because he ended up buying the Maroon Buick from me because the white one took a crap, and he took parts off of the Maroon one to put into the white one, or vice versa. We took part ones off of the Maroon one to put on the white one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought the Maroon one in Newark. It was. It had a bad motor in it when I bought it, and I used it for parts. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's. Yeah, I only hit one one deer on Creamy Roads. I think I. It was just past. Where that Van Y got? Um, not Van Y. Redwood just past where the Hudcap Man is. Yep. Yeah, it's just past his house where I hit the deer. So that would be. Tunis Road, just past Tunis Road. Okay, on that coming up that hill to, before you get to Tunis. Okay, yeah. I mean that's a short distance between his house and Tunis Road. Yeah. So it was just past Tunis Road, around that curve. Yeah, where it, where it starts to straighten out and for for a little bit. Yeah, I mean I've fortunately I've never hit a deer living out here yeah. at one point in time, living in Dresden. Traveling the route that I travel to work, I've never, I've seen them on the side of the road, but they've never actually yeah. ran across the road. I've hit a couple of deer. I, I hit one down on Linden Avenue, and I hit one out here in the country one time. I never hurt him. Just hit him, knocked him down because I hit him and the brakes at the same time. He ran off the road and he turned around and come back on. And I, <laughs> bam! I hit. Like he was playing chicken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot something. <laughs> So I hit one on, on Dresden Road close to town. That was the last one. Did any damage about anything. What keeps you up at night? 
Nothing keeps me up. But I have to get up and go to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, I want to hit the pause button on this for a minute because I've got to use the restroom. That's coffee. Back and forth. About every hour I was up for... <laughs> the most of the time, I nothing keeps me up. I just have to wake up and go to the bathroom. And I don't have much trouble going to sleep. I think that comes with age. <laughs> I think it does too, a lot of it. Someone I would go to on vacations in the summertime when she, when she was working. And I remember the first time when she wanted to go on a vacation to visit the nuns. Sister Mel Dan. Yeah. And I said, man, this is going to be some kind of vacation with a bunch of nuns. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in it was in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. We went out there to see Sister Mel Dan. I never had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The first time I thought this is really going to be some kind of vacation visiting a bunch of nuns. That was one of the questions I was going to ask. Like, what uh, what types of vacations did you guys take? And as a family, um, what was your favorite vacation spot to go to? I think I think visiting the nuns was the best. I mean, we'd go visit them like every year. Yeah. Our, even when I was a kid, you guys would go visit at least yeah. once, every, once a year. Yeah. We, we, as far as we went was uh, West... Point in Nebraska. That's okay. as far as we went to see Sister Mountain. And I always met a bunch of other nuns at the same time. You mm-hmm. know, always had fun. And we went to a lot of places in Wisconsin. I would say most of the places was someplace in Wisconsin we would go. But the farthest place we went was West Point, Nebraska. And then we went. One year we went to. We went to visit her aunt Gladys in Michigan, and we went, when we left Michigan, we went on up across Mackinac Straits, across the bridge, and come back down on the Wisconsin side to visit the one of the nuns. And I think that was in Green Bay at that time. We went there at that time, that Green Bay for that time, to visit them. But we'd go like every year to visit the nuns someplace. And that one year we went, we took a trip, went out to Colorado, Went to, then we went to the Dakotas, seen Mount Rushmore, and we come back across the northern part, and we stopped in, stopped in Wisconsin that time too, on our way back from going out west. And since I, since I retired, we never went on vacation. Had more. <laughs> You're sitting here thinking about, man, the day I retire, vacation central, yeah. stay at home. Never we went never went up no place after I retired. Yeah, just stayed at home. Just worked around the house. What's uh what's your big, biggest regret in life? I don't don't have any regrets really. You know, none so far. Yeah, with the with the way I saw things, I could believe that. Yeah. I mean, pretty decent life yeah. for been for around this long, you know. I, I for a black couple in in Zanesville, it's yeah. pretty decent life. Yeah, I always had good paying jobs. All my jobs were good paying, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the time that they when I worked, it was good paying. Like 
when I worked at, at the country club, I was like my $50 a week. Well, $50 a week was a lot of money at that time. Yeah. You know. Now that's a tank of gas. Yeah, it's not quite a tank of gas. We got a big tank. Yeah, it sure ain't. And if I'm using, if I don't use my my discounts at Speedway, I'm barely getting a full tank now, off of fifty dollars. When I was when I, when I retired, I was making almost twenty five dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. At that you know at that time, I don't think Mom was making that at all. Yeah, I was making almost twenty five dollars an hour then when I was there. Um. I'm 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 a little above that. Yeah, but you how long ago that's been? That's been back twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I got lucky with my job, especially with with my circumstances at that time. Yeah. So I can't complain. Yeah. When I worked at Vernon Boilers, it was piece work. You got paid by the piece. Oh yeah, like yeah. Um, production. Yeah, it was piece work. And, in in a in a way, that those kind of that kind of job will make you bust your behind. Yeah. Just so you can, so you can get a decent wage. Yeah. Which is ideal for, for the employer, not set not the employee. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this guy he can turn out a bunch of stuff. Well, give him his same rate of pay right now, and don't make him bust his hump. To turn out that same amount of progress, see, see what happens. Yeah, he may turn out slightly, slightly few less units, but there's no reason to kill the man in the process. I know when I went to work at Burn at that time, they had me cleaning. They call it chill spruce to put an iron, cool iron down, mm-hmm. and they put it in a big tumbler, and you had to you know run the tumbler so long and take the stuff out and throw it in boxes. And I was in there. Throwing that stuff in a in that box like a dog digging dirt. And that guy's you don't have to count them. <laughs> 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 I ain't counting. <laughs> that ain't piecework. You don't have to count them. I mean, I thought I was doing a good job. <laughs> I just throw that stuff out there. <laughs> I ain't counting that stuff. Discuss politics and religion. All that no, does lead to let that go. That, that leads to fights. And More war. than that. <laughs> what were the most joy, joyous, fulfilling times in your life? Well, one of the most ones was when I got saved. You know, it just felt like a big weight was lifted off of me at that time. And when was that? 76, 1976. I think Dad said 72, so we're going to have to cross-reference. Maybe it was 72. He said, I think, I believe he I said. I think it was 72. I think he said April 17th, 1972. It was, I think it was 72. Because he says he remembers the day because that's when everything went downhill for him. <laughs> <laughs> it, may, it, might, it might have been 72. Because that was right around, that was right after my Uncle Michael was born. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Because we were talking about... Uh, I think I just felt like the whole world was lifted off me at that time. Of course, I never even knew I had it till that come, yeah. you know. Now, did... Uh, were you drinking at that time? 
Or did you stop drinking when you... I think I'd stopped before that. Um, when you were... Before you got married. No, I, I was still drinking when I got married. Okay. And you were a burger beer man. Yeah, burger beer. And I smoked... I smoked... Uh, I smoked everything. But when I quit smoking, I was smoking a pipe. Okay. And the reason I quit smoking that pipe, I was working the, the Bilo power plant. And I lit that pipe, and I big a throw draw that pipe and suck some of that juice down my throat, that nicotine stuff, and mm-hmm. I coughed for 24 hours. And I never lit another one. I mean, guess that's a, a way to do it. I never lit another one. And I kept that pipe and that tobacco for I don't know how long before I threw it away. But I, ne- I never would light another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and I, when I quit drinking, it was in the early 70s when I quit drinking, too. About the same time, I think. But I drink it, the beer didn't taste good. And I changed all kinds of brands. It just not none of it tasted. And I think good. it may have been because you because you stopped smoking. And I just quit. You know, I just quit drink drinking beer. I I switched from Burger to Black Label to Stroh's. Tried all kinds. None of them taste good. So I just finally quit. <laughs> I can't even remember the last beer I drank. What the name of it was, but I do know where I was at when I drank it. I was on a picket line striking Philo, and a guy come along and handed me a can of beer, and I drank some of it. And I, it didn't even taste good. <laughs> I have my moments with with when it comes to beer. I'm not a big beer drinker. I was. I like my like my wine coolers or a nice bottle of wine. But uh, like last time, not just last time, but the time before, I was at the ball now with my with my friends uh, in our league a few weeks ago, and the first beer I drank tasted like another one. So I proceeded to get a little inebriated yeah. that evening. <laughs> and this got, this got, it wasn't tasting good to me, I, so I just finally quit drinking altogether. Yeah, because Dad was like that um, uh, about 10, 15 years ago when uh, he had stopped smoking cigarettes for a while, and then he just, beer start, started tasting different to him, yeah. and then he ended up changing his brand of beer, and... But then he, he ended up starting smoking cigarettes again. But because when I, I smoked cigarettes for a little bit of time, even trying to drink a beer, it yeah. didn't taste the same. And then you drink one after not smoking for five, six months. It's like, huh. It, it just makes you wonder what, what is actually in them. And that ruins your taste buds. Yeah, I, I drank a lot of beer. That's about all I drank was beer. <laughs> a lot of it. Well, I mean, you stayed hydrated. There's water in beer. Yeah. I drank my share of beer. I can say that. Any sad, tragic, or difficult times you'd care to share, such as losing a loved one or a job? Or something you cared about? Uh, when I lost them, it was the saddest part. And I never, I never did. We, we've never talked about it because I was in prison at the time. Yeah, I know. And how how was that for you? I understand it, it's probably. It, I understand it's sad. And it was sad. I missed her for a long. I still miss her, but it was really bad at first. Yeah. 
Because I, I've never really saw you as the emotional type. Of course, whenever, whenever I was young and coming around a lot, you were always at work, so you were never really here yeah. for me to get to know. Yeah. So th- I'm thankful you're still here for me to do this interview, and hopefully the family will enjoy it as well if they listen to it. Yeah. Um, Yep, that was that was the saddest time I'd say. And I'm I'm sorry I couldn't be there in your time of need when you were always there for me in my time. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could have been there. I had a lot of support, but I still, you, you, it's just something you have to be alone. I think, you know, you need to, have to be by yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and especially at the time, you were living here alone to yeah. deal with your grief. Yeah. Of course, I I assume Aunt Missy and Aunt Imelda were calling constantly. Oh yeah, they was up, they was. I told them I said, "You guys would have to call me every time you turn around. I'm not going to kill myself, you know." <laughs> <laughs> but they still call me about every day. Yeah, yeah. But there for a while, I couldn't even breathe without them calling me. And then uh, I actually was able to attend the showing. Yeah. Alone, of course. Um, yeah, I know they wouldn't let us be there. Um, she did look good in the casket. Mm-hmm. Um, she had lost weight, but she was dead. What do you yeah. expect? Yeah. Um, she, the I believe she was in a blue, a blue um, suit. Yeah. Blue blue blue, blue dress suit. Like, yeah. Pant. It looked. It, I, it was really pretty. To me, that's. That was my hardest part about dealing with it. Yeah. Is not being there, knowing that, like I said, you guys were always there for me when I needed you. And in her time of need, I wasn't there to help out. See, she was sick for a long time. Yeah, she was sick for a long time. And it was a, to me, it was a quick transition because I remember her visiting in the county once and then... All of a sudden, I'm at the prison, and then she comes to visit. Yeah, and she's completely different. Yeah, she's she in a wheelchair. Yeah. yeah, and had to fight with her to get the toothpaste yeah. out of her, to, to put it back in her pocket at least. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And I believe she made it. She made it to at least one more visit. I think she, a couple of times she made it. Yeah, she made it to one more visit yeah. after that before she had passed. Yeah. And not many people know this, but the night that she passed, I woke up out of a dead sleep and knew. Yeah. And mom and Diane had a visit scheduled that day. And I was I had been there for a while and I knew how the process went yeah. to go to the visiting room. But they were trying to hustle me in to an attorney room uh-huh. that was closed off so they could let me know what was going on. But at that at that time I had already I had already knew because you, you, something was going on. Yeah. yeah. It is I had felt it. I woke up out of a dead sleep and yeah, we went into the hospital on the 13th mm-hmm. for work on that tube for her stomach because they wouldn't. I, I argued with them about that for a long time, and they finally decided to get her in there. And uh, she was too sick for them to do anything, and she died that night. 
that early next morning, that's because she died on the 14th. Because I think Ryan said he he had just gotten off of work or something. Yeah, and he didn't go by or something. He, he was going to go by and he didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Now, she did have, she ended up having breast cancer. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. had both removed. Both at the same time, yeah. Now, did she end up going into remission after that, or did she have to keep fighting? That I don't really recall. She had to take chemo okay. and radiation, and then she broke her leg in the bathtub. Is that what put her in the wheelchair? Yes. Okay. And then from that point on is when she started going downhill. Yes. Once she stopped caring for herself. She had she had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And usually that's that's the sign for most most people when it's the downhill slope is yeah. when they either when they break a bone like a hip bone or a leg bone, then they're confined and well, can't she was move. in the wheelchair before that, really. But yeah, she but, would get up and get out of yeah, it. Yeah, she'd every... move a little bit. Yeah, but then, then uh, when uh, after she broke her leg, she never did come to for. I don't know. She never talked again after that. Okay, when she broke her leg, they put her in a intensive care, mm-hmm. and they had her on a on a breathing machine to breathe for. And she was in intensive care for I don't know how long, and they finally put a trach in. And put a stomach feed tube in, and uh, then they sent her up to what they call select service. Mm-hmm. And and I kept telling them that you know she's trying to talk. And they said no, she ain't. No, she ain't. She ain't trying to talk. I said yes, she is. She's trying to talk. I said she's, no, she ain't. So it was, they she'd been in select service as long as she could be there. So then it's going to transfer to to a, a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And a guy on I don't know what you call him now. Takes care of people with got the trachs and everything, respiratory therapists, whatever. He come in and he says, I'm gonna see if she can talk. So he put took that tube out and put this thing on her in her neck. And she said, That hurts. I said, She I told you, kept telling you she could try to talk, she could try to talk, but you people wouldn't listen to me. Yeah. So then they transferred her to nursing home. But she never did get to talk, you know, never. 35 days she was in there before, she, before they put that thing on her. That's how long she was in that before they put that thing in and see if she could talk. a notepad or anything to write anything down? She or, couldn't. Okay. Yeah. She couldn't do that. She'd just look at you. And you kept, had to keep sucking that tube stuff out, out of her neck. But she never could talk after that because you know, they, they wouldn't let her talk. They put that thing in, but she still couldn't talk. What moments do you call recall that were a true breakthrough in life? Like what? Um, uh, like what called like something like what called you to to become saved, something like that. Um, it was just, I think of just going to the church and hearing the man preach the word. And that was Reverend Morris at the time? No, it wasn't Reverend Morris. It was, a, it was at a revival. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was at Reverend Morris's church, but it was at a revival. Okay. Yeah. 
I forget the preacher's name. I forget his name. He was from, Terry had him from, come in from New Jersey. What was his name? And the song he sang was He Touched Me. That was the song that preacher sang. So would that be considered your favorite favorite gospel song then? No, or? I don't have a favorite gospel song. Now, do, do you have a favorite song? No, not really. <laughs> but the kids used to, uh, <laughs> you know, we all, everybody would sing an audience, you know. No, I'm not talking about church, just in general. Oh, no, I don't have a favorite song. Okay. <laughs> but see, in, in church, we would sing, uh, what was a song? Oh, I forget the name of it. But they'd make fun of me every time I'd sing that song. I can't think of the name of it now. My memory's getting clouded. Now, uh, did you and, and Grandma have, have a song? No. no. She did. She had a lot of songs. What was her song? I think I Fly Away was one of them. You know. And one, what was that one she used to sing a lot for church? I think, was, I think it was because he lived. She, was on, she would sing at church by as a solo. She would sing it herself. Yeah, but standing on the promises, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, that one. That standing one. on the promises, that's what the kids used to make fun of me about all the time. Because her favorite verse was always about the mansion. mansion or maybe that was a different song. I think that's a different song. Maybe then. I think uh, When We All Get to Heaven, that was that song. Uh, I heard about a mansion that he built for me in glory. That was her favorite verse of that song. Yeah. Because she would always have it repeated. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Pauline would walk those keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd go to, we'd go to prayer meeting and Thom wouldn't let me pick a song. No, you ain't picking no song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We ain't going to sing that. Even before I open, she's a, She'd say, who wants to pick a song? I said, she's a wingle singer. Yeah, I, I, re I really don't recall much music being played around here. I mean, there's always a radio playing somewhere in the house, but it wasn't really tuned to a specific, well, I think it was probably turned, tuned to Zanesville. Yeah, most local of the time. Station. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really recall much music. Like, you've had that stereo system there for decades. Yeah. And I can only remember the handful of times it's been played, and I think I was the one that played it. <laughs> I played it every once. It's it's messed up now. Oh. I played it here a while back, and thanked. I I haven't played it for a long time. I play that little one over there more than any of them anymore. The um, uh, I wanted to get your perspective on on Dad's accident. I, I talked about it with him a little bit. Um, do you? I, Grandma said she heard it on the scanner and yep. knew. Yep. And you said that ain't him. Go back to bed or something. But when right, you found out, right after that, they called us. Okay. Yeah, we went in. Yeah. It, how going through something like that, potentially close losing losing a child. What went through your mind? Didn't really didn't I didn't know what to expect. I mean, he they, he was in bad shape, really bad shape. Yeah. Dave Church, I think it was Dave Church, the one that called us. 
Okay, it was actually okay. I didn't know if it was the people. I, I'm thinking it was Dave Church that called us. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. See here, but we were we were Thelma and I were at church at a revival meeting, mm-hmm. having a revival, and we come home and they was out here with that motorcycle. Yep. And uh, I told him, I said, that motorcycle's been around here long enough. Just you know, just better get rid of that thing, get it out of here, because it don't belong out here anyhow. Jimmy said, I'll ride it to the top of the hill and we put it in the car. Well, he kept on going. That's what he said. Yeah. Them dumb son of bitches believe me. Sorry about my language. He was he, he, <laughs> he drove said, to the top of the hill and he kept on going. That's where they found him down on Maple yep. Avenue. Yep. Now I think it was Dave Church that called us. He said the last thing that he remembers is taking that turn from Dresden Road on to Ritchie Road. And that's that's the last thing it that he remembers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was Dave Church that called us. And somebody called us anyhow. Okay. We went in there. Well, Stalma heard it on the scanner. Jimmy screaming, "Ah, that's Jim Jim." I said, "No, it ain't." Yes, it is. And then we got the call, and then we went in there. And then they flew him into Columbus. We went to Columbus, man. He was packed in ice, all swelled up. There's pictures of him around here someplace. Of one of these days, I'll dig him out and I'll get him out and show him to you. <laughs> I can only imagine what it would have been like today with today's technology compared to 30 years ago. As that's... I mean, nowadays, like uh, my mom's husband, Paul, he had to have a hip replaced. He was out of the hospital and walking on it the same day. Yeah, they do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, back in Thelma's time when she had her knees oh, done, no. she was in the hospital for she was weeks. In, she was in the hospital for four or five days. And then she was in a hospital bed here and had machines on her legs, moving her legs. Yeah. 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 For a month or more. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the nurse come here and took the stitches out. Hmm. She was here for a long time and laid up. What have you learned over your lifetime that you'd like to share with the younger generation? Do your own thing. Do your own thoughts on that. No one to tell you what to do on different things. You know, make up your own mind. Do what you should think is what you think is right. Yeah. Don't let no one else force their ideas on you. Well, we're getting. We're getting close to that time. Uh, looks like I'm running out of room on my memory card there. I should have cleared some stuff off first. <laughs> and I don't want to stop the interview and change it out. Uh, I think we've gotten gotten a lot of good information out. Buddy, how do you feel? I feel good. You got a lot of information there. Okay. Um, i got a few more questions that I want to ask. Um, and the last question is, the question that I'm that I ask all my all my guests, um, which I'm curious to know the answer to, the, to yours, because of because of how your life ended up ended up going. But um, what are you most grateful for in life? I was most grateful for finding Thelma's with my wife and being saved through God, through Jesus, our Lord. 
then woke up to the sight, you know. Now, what was, uh, what is, what is or was your proudest moment as a father? Probably the first kid, being, being a father of the first kid. That's something that's, you know, yeah. you, well, you know what that is now. Yeah. Yeah. That's really a proud moment. I think what what's gonna happen with a couple yeah. of people. So what can you instill in them? Yeah. Um so how do you want to be remembered? I really don't know. Most people don't. That was you know. Whatever you whatever kind of remember you want to have of me, that would be up to you. Okay. You know, whether I was sense. good influence or bad influence, that's up to you to figure it out. Now this is the question that I'm at that I ask. I'm going to end up asking everybody. What advice would you give to your 16 year old self? I choose 16 year old because at that's around the time you're getting close to adulthood and starting to try to make your own decisions, and that's a pivotal time in in a person's life. At the age of 16, you think you know everything. Yeah. But there's a whole lot you don't know. The older you get, the more you'll find out what you didn't know. So, in other words, be patient. Be very patient. And don't. Don't rush into things widely like most 16-year-olds do. Yeah. Just take your time. If you just slow down, listen to the birds. Don't rush one, into at one time because one day you won't have the time to do it. Yep. Just take your time. Well, ease off. I think that's all that I've got. Is there anything else that you can that you can think of that you that you would have liked to have have said that I didn't think the, the question to ask? No, you asked the pretty good questions. Okay. Well, with that being said, folks, we're going to go ahead and call this one call this one done. Uh, I'd like to thank you for sitting down and taking the time. Um, glad you still have most of your faculties in order to remember. Uh, some of them kind of foggy, but I can remember a lot some of the things. Yeah, that was my thing. I didn't know if I wanted to come early, early in the morning where you're somewhat fresh and had a couple cups of coffee in you or come in the late afternoon. So uh, thanks. I love you. Love you uh, too, James. Maybe we'll get a second episode out of you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe some stuff will happen. It's not something I can think of later, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>